they're just guzzling protein all day long, but like they're probably under fueling carbohydrates and like that's why they're not gaining weight. That's why they're not putting on muscle. Hello and welcome back to the Eat More Carbs podcast. I'm Riley Beatty and I'm here today with my co-host, in case you missed it, co-host Jenna Fisher. Hey y'all, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. We appreciate the uh, the listener support here. If you're new to the podcast, Riley and I sit down on Tuesdays and we chat about all things fueling for sport and other nutrition related things. So in today's podcast, this is one of my favorite types of episodes. We're going to be answering your questions that you all submitted. In today's episode, we're going to be talking a lot about added sugars. We're going to be talking about protein powders and supplements for those younger athletes and a little bit about game day fueling when you should be eating your meals and how to optimize your performance when it comes with nutrition. Riley, before we get into all the questions, what's your high week and your low week? All right, I'm going to start off with my low week and it's going to sound like I'm just complaining, but it is really making me sad because I love summer and I love going outside and right now it is just so hot in Charleston, South Carolina. I know you're in Arizona, so I can't complain, but it is so hot and it is so sweaty here and it just, it kind of reminds me of when we lived in Vegas um, because I don't even get to go outside that much and I love being outside. I love running. I love, you know, doing all types of like sports and things like that and unfortunately, I'm inside a lot right now because it's so hot out. Your only options for outdoor stuff would be to like go to the pool and sit in the water to cool down, I feel like. I have been trying to swim. I don't know if I ever told you this, but I... I did swim team as a kid, and I was, like, literally the worst kid on the team. (laughs) When I was 12, they put me in the six and unders. Like, I was the worst kid on the team, but my mom kept making me go because she was like, it's good for cross-training. It's good for you to, like, hang out with other kids, and I just remember, like, the entire time I was, like, the worst kid on the team, and I was just like, put me on land. Like, put me on a soccer field. I'll take all of you on. Shout out to my mom that I do know how to swim, so sometimes I do go and swim laps in this lovely heat that we're having yeah especially since you like to do all the outdoor workouts it's so hard to work out outside when it's so so hot and you guys have like like a home gym that you typically work out in so can you use that this time of year like at all or is it just like unbearable you have to go like super early in the morning or in the like later in the evening which again i probably sound very spoiled right now but it is just so hot out it makes me so sad it was like pretty mild and we all thought we were gonna get away from it and then like mother nature is like she's back and she's like jokes on you that's Mm -hmm. my low week my high week though is also related to nature kind of so i don't know if you remember but a couple months ago i thought like i was this like awesome plant mom and I wanted to, you know, give my plants in my home a really nice experience. So I thought I would give them a field trip. I thought I'd bring them outside and I sunburnt them. But in case anybody was wondering, my plants have made a comeback. They are on the up. (laughs) Um, They are recovering from their sunburn. So I'm very excited that my plants are blooming again. That's my high of the week. They all survived the sunburn. Yes. There was like a main one that was in my like living room area. So like when you first walked in, it was like my favorite plant. It was the one that got burnt the most. So I had to put her somewhere else, but my baby's back. So she's on the, on the up again. They're thriving now. We're thriving. Yeah. She's thriving. Attempting to thrive. You are a good plant mom. It just was, 
a moment of forgetting to put sunscreen on your kids before you took them outside kind of a thing. Yeah. You live and you learn, right? So now I'll never forget to put sunscreen on my kids yeah. in the future. Yeah. What about you? What are your highs and lows? My low week is actually really funny for maybe other people, but not so much for myself. Nolan and I joined a new gym. I don't love so much running inside. I love running like as is, but running on a treadmill is just not like a passion of mine. I have a hard time doing it. But Nolan and I signed up for a race that we're going to run in November. So I was like, okay, I should probably get on a treadmill and run a little bit right now since it's just not happening outside. I'm like a mile in, in the middle of a crowded gym. Like there's so many people that go to the gym, which is awesome. But especially this time of year, like kind of similarly to you, nobody's working out outside. So everybody's at the gym. The treadmills just happen to be positioned in this gym, like kind of in the middle of everything. So like if you're on a treadmill, like you're just kind of noticeable, not not because I'm trying to be noticeable, but it's just positioning wise. I'm about a mile in. I'm like feeling really good. I'm like listening to the new Barbie soundtrack. As I'm running, all of a sudden, I feel myself falling forward. Oh no. Yeah, so I fell. I fell on the treadmill in the middle of a crowded gym. And like, thankfully, these are treadmills that have like a very boxy, very big like monitor system on the front of it. So I caught myself with my elbows like on the front, like just smashed my elbows. My legs are like dragging behind me. I like pull myself up. Nolan's next to me and he's like, are you okay? Like, and of course, like the internal immediate instinct is like, I just want to cry. Like everybody just <laughs> saw me like <laughs> full. At least you didn't fly off. I was worried that you were going to fly off the treadmill. It was close to that, like way too close to comfort for like a full on like off the back into the wall behind me situation, which thankfully it wasn't. So that was my low week because like truthfully, my elbows were a little bit bruised, but more than anything, it was like my ego. So (laughs) your pride was bruised. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Every now and then it's just kind of a humbling reminder that like things like that just happen and it's okay. We just got to pick ourselves, you know, pick ourselves and move on. Um, So for me, moving on is I have to fake my death and move to a different country because I'm so embarrassed. I don't know if I can show my face there again. And we have a problem. (laughs) I'm not dramatic at all, I promise. But that was my low week, which is kind of funny. And looking back now, it's pretty hilarious. But like for the first like, oh, I don't know, like hour and a half after it happened, I was like, hmm. (laughs) If your high week is that you're moving to a different country now, I'm going to get you. God, I would not, after moving from Ohio to Arizona, like, you could not pay me to move right now. <laughs> like, moving is just so, it's so difficult. It's the worst. It's so uh, much harder than you think it is. Like, it's so much harder, I feel like. And yeah. so much more time-consuming and exhausting than you think it is. Oh, absolutely. I'm like, why do I, like, I also don't understand how you accumulate so much stuff in, like, a short amount of time. Like, where did all this stuff come from? Do I need it all? No. But do I have it all? Yes. Yep. Uh, my high week does have to do with Arizona, though, and that is mostly to do with my doggy George. <gasps> He's a little bit of a scared fella, so like moving to a new place has been a little bit of an adjustment for him. We have to walk him early in the morning because it gets too hot outside here, things like that. Um, and today was going to be my first day walking him without Nolan. We usually go together. And George doesn't like to walk so much without both of us there because, like, that's familiar to him. That's what he's used to. So I was a little bit nervous. And we walked really good. We didn't go as far as we usually do. But he did really well. So he's adjusting to the new area. Does he have to wear those little boots because it's so hot out, like, on his paws? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But not, like, early, early in the morning because things have cooled down overnight. So early when we take him in the morning, he doesn't wear them. But anytime I take him out during the day, we put on the boots. And he hates it. Oh, he's so ridiculous. He like he he asks to go outside, and then he pouts the whole time I'm putting on his shoes, 
and then he pouts the whole time we're outside because he's like really hot out and he's like acting like he's like moving so slow like he's like one paw like we'll go at a time and i'm like come on brother like we gotta go do the business and come back inside and then he pouts on their way back to the house because he doesn't want to go inside and then he'll lay down on the hot concrete like full brakes on because he doesn't want to come back inside the house i'm like all i need is some consistency here george like it's either you're in or you're out oh so does he do that thing where he lies on the concrete and like in the in the sun yeah my dog Bo does that too, and I I need I need an animal expert to tell me what is happening because I'm like you are trying to die, yeah. like you're trying. And to- then, yeah, and then he comes back inside and acts like he's just been put through a furnace because he's like panting so hard. He like wants fresh water, he wants ice cubes, all the things. And I'm like, well, if you hadn't laid down on concrete that was maybe 160 degrees, like this wouldn't be a problem. But if there's any animal experts out there that are listening. Why do our dogs do this? Yes, I need to know. I also post about it all the time on Instagram, and so many people are like, my dog does this too. So I, it has to be a thing. Yeah, it has to be. I don't get it. So let us know. Let us know in the comments if yeah. you know why. Sounds like you're adjusting to Arizona, though, that you're maybe starting to enjoy it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you have to give everywhere that you move to a little bit of time because it's not like you're going to have friends right away or feel like you have community and community is such an important part of like health and connecting to an area so it's not going to happen right away but it'll happen eventually and it'll start to feel more like home when when those things kind of start to fall into place yeah i agree too on the topic of health we have some questions today about general health we have lots of sports nutrition questions that we're going to dive into um, the first question I wanted to kind of chat with you about was submitted and it says, are added sugars something to worry about in food or drink products? Great question. I think with most things in nutrition, the answer that I'm going to have to this is it depends because sometimes we're looking for added sugars in things, added sugars to a product that simply means just like what we're thinking about, like a no sodium product. It means that no sodium has been added to that product, but that product might have sodium in it naturally. If we have added sugar in a product, that means that there's sugar added to that product, but there also might be sugar in that product naturally. There's like a lot of different recommendations for how much added sugar somebody needs in a day. Obviously, it's going to be very dependent on the person and their own goals. For a while, it was like 25 grams of added sugar per day, which if you've ever tried to follow 25 grams of added sugar in a single day, it's really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um, I think it's really important, like what you just said about like defining what an added sugar is, because I think there's like when I have conversations with athletes and I know that you're having the same conversations, but it's always like there's so much confusion or like around these terms like what's an added sugar which is a natural sugar what is like a artificial sugar or artificial sweetener because again like artificial sweeteners are like artificial sugars basically um what is sugar what's a carbohydrate how are these all connected so i think there's so much confusion around them um because we're always throwing around these terms and these terms get blurred so i love what you said about like differentiating between like a sugar that's naturally occurring in the product and that doesn't mean it's like a natural sugar or anything like it's a naturally occurring in the product it naturally contains it like it's being grown out of the ground or milk milk. right contains yeah yep i was like it doesn't come out of the ground like a lot of an utter like but those things just contain the sugar without any type of processing um but processing also isn't bad i think it's really important to talk about like added sugars as it relates to athletes versus related to the general population because athletes need more carbohydrates 
carbohydrates or sugar. And sometimes, like some fueling periods, added sugars are actually very beneficial because it can be really hard to get enough carbohydrate in. Or sometimes you might not have an appetite, things like that. So having a product that can contain more sugar contains more energy. And in times that your body needs that quick and easy to digest energy, an added sugar isn't a bad thing. So I think it depends. Like you said, too. Yeah, definitely. But if you're looking at it from like a general population standpoint, like having too much added sugar in our intake in a day can be something that's potentially not great for overall like health goals, depending on what your health goals are. If you're just someone who's like myself, like I might want to be more mindful of how many added sugars I'm getting in because I'm not an athlete. But I'm just curious to know like the difference between a yogurt that has added sugar in it versus a yogurt that's just going to have the sugar that's naturally from the milk in it. Like what's that breakdown look like? One of the nice things about updates to the nutrition facts label is it does break down added sugar versus total sugar. So that total sugar amount will be the total amount of the naturally occurring sugar plus the added sugar in it. And then that added sugar breakdown on the food label does tell you if there's sugar that's been added to the product if you're someone just general population curious about what that is yeah because most of the general population doesn't need like additional energy because they're not expending that energy so they don't need to consume that energy but i mean anything like too much of anything is a bad thing right like i always give the example of spinach right you eat too much spinach Okay, well, that's going to block iron absorption. It's going to block calcium absorption, right? That's going to take up room on your plate where you could be putting other nutrients, other food, like too much of anything is a bad thing. I just think all of this stuff, especially with added sugars, like it really just depends. And that's the worst answer, but it's also the best answer at the same time because it really does depend. Yeah, like what are your goals? If this person is, is I'm assuming probably an athlete asking, um, are added sugar something to be worried about on a product? No, if you're needing to get in more energy, and you need more fuel. Yeah. And yes, if you're not looking to get in more energy because you don't need the energy, right? So it it really just depends. Yeah. Similar to, again, like sodium, I think of when you do the comparison on your Instagram about like a sports drink that contains a certain amount of sodium and how that relates to like a pickle or something like that. Like if you're someone who has a great appetite after you've exercised and you can get in a great amount of carbohydrate from your fueling plate, that's fantastic. But if you're someone who maybe doesn't have that much of an appetite utilizing something like a drink that does have some added sugar in it, so that way you do feel energized and you are recovering from your exercise like that's a great thing to utilize that for so yes and no it depends it depends i love that i love what you just said though um i think that actually ties in nicely to our next question that we got and it was kind of like what you just talked about with that like post recovery is it okay for younger athletes to have protein powder and i'm assuming here that this question is probably talking about protein powder after training after games competitions and things like that because that's usually, I guess, when people are, you know, consuming protein powder. Um, but I think first of all, let's talk about like what protein powder is like beneficial for. Like, why would you even take protein powder? I think protein powder is typically used. Like, I think of like there's so many things that protein does. Yeah, because like we could go, it could, we could go from like helps with your muscles, prevents like helps with infection prevention, it helps with satiety. There are so many things. People only think about muscle for like skeletal muscle gains, but there's also three types of muscle in your body. What do you feel like the potential risks and benefits would be for protein powders for athletes, specifically younger ones, since that's the question that this is geared for? 
Yeah, in general, I don't usually recommend supplements for athletes who are under 18. And I feel like the common or most common supplement question I get about is protein powder, whether that's a whey protein, whether that's a plant-based protein, whether that's a a collagen protein powder. And my recommendation, and I know everybody's a little bit different, but my recommendation is not to use supplements if you're under 18. Um, I think there's just so much potential for these younger athletes to build healthy fueling habits. Um, And I know that a lot of the time in sports nutrition, I think just in nutrition as it relates to anybody, supplements are often seen as like a special magic pill or a way to get ahead or um, something that will give you the extra edge. But it doesn't work like that. Supplements are not medication. I know so many dietitians that work in like the pro levels, like the MLS that work with these athletes that are coming through their academies, that are coming through their developmental programs, and even these athletes who are training at the highest level, they're not doing supplements. These dietitians aren't giving them supplements. They're doing chocolate milk after practice. They're doing Greek yogurt. If you don't like Greek yogurt in your smoothie, like you could put tofu in your smoothie. You could do seeds and nuts and different things like that. So I really think there's so much opportunity for these younger athletes to implement and like try out new foods that I usually don't recommend supplements below 18. Unless again, you're working with somebody one-on-one. We have a really good feeling foundation. There's different things. Again, it's on a very individualized basis, but general recommendation, no supplements under 18, which I don't think people will like that answer, but that's the truth. That's the answer. You hit on a big thing there, that protein powder is a supplement. And we should be looking at things always as food first and supplement second. It's called a supplement because it's supposed to be supplemental to your fueling, not necessarily in place of fueling. And I think that building that foundation of having a good fueling routine with protein that is not a supplement is a good thing to have, not just for an athlete, but for like a life skill. So you don't want to feel like every single day you need to have a protein powder in order to get in an adequate amount of protein per day. You want to know what are my other options and sources of protein that like might feel better for my body and might be tolerated easier. Yeah. And I have worked with so many college athletes and I'm sure that you've seen this too and also in college students, but I have seen so many food logs that have been submitted to me where it's I'm not happy with my performance. I'm not happy with my body composition. I'm not happy with my energy levels. And then it's like, okay, let's like break down what's happening like energy wise. And then I'm looking and it's like protein powder is your protein for breakfast. So you're having protein powder in your oatmeal. Then you're having a protein shake after practice. Then you're having a protein powder in your smoothie. Then you're having a protein bar in the afternoon. And then your only like whole food source of protein is going to be like a chicken breast at night. When we just only use protein powder when our body, you know, again, likes those whole foods more. We want to kind of avoid those those habits from being built, maybe you could say. I have a lot of people that I have seen that will come and submit same thing, kind of a food blog will do dietary recall. So they're having a salad or whatever meal it is that they're having. And then like a Tetra Pak, like premier protein shake, which they are getting in their protein. But how satisfied are they feeling after that? They're literally just drinking tons and tons of protein all day long, which then gets us into the whole idea of like the law of diminishing returns with the amount of protein and just kind of overshooting maybe protein needs. So I think there's a lot of misconception about protein powders and how to use them. Yes, a time and a place for them for sure. I think that it's more important to focus, like you said, on it being a supplemental thing too. 
I'm actually so glad that you brought that up. I'm going to go on a tangent that has nothing to do with this question, but I think it's so interesting where I work with so many athletes, so many general population individuals that want to build muscle mass and they think they need to drink protein all day long and they think it's maybe a protein issue and it's like there's so many other things that are going on here especially like for these younger athletes right these high school athletes who want to put on muscle mass who want to get stronger who want to get bigger they're just guzzling protein all day long but like they're probably under fueling carbohydrates and like that's why they're not gaining weight that's why they're not putting on muscle so don't do that (laughs) you have to you know have a balanced plate you have to have a good fueling foundation it's not just all about protein powder. Drinking protein matter does not equal gaining muscle mass. Sorry, it doesn't work like that. It'd be too easy. If it was that easy, everyone would do it. Kind of on the same topic of fueling foundations, the next question is, is it okay to eat lunch around 1 or 2 p.m.? What are the best fueling times? This is such a good question. Um, I think the title of this episode is going to be, it depends, um, because it depends. <laughs> I think meal times and like, having that traditional meal schedule that we have like in the u.s where you have breakfast lunch and dinner can be very complicated for athletes because a lot of the time athletes have training sessions that will go over these certain meal periods for example right like athletes have practice from like 10 to 12 they don't get off of the field or they get off the court until like 12 15 then it's time to shower go to rehab all that stuff it's two o'clock there's no way that you could eat lunch earlier than that additionally right lots of track athletes cross-country athletes they will have training in the afternoon and they have to maybe eat lunch a little bit earlier because they don't want to be super full going into training so i think it really depends my kind of guidelines and i don't know what you think about this but my kind of guidelines are like usually like we should eat every three to five hours And then we want to eat about three to four meals per day, one to two snacks. Sometimes we don't want to eat like snack, snack. We want to eat like meal, snack, meal type thing. Um, But again, I I think it really just depends on the the athlete. But I don't think there's any like best with air quotes fueling time. I think about the time that we talked a lot about. I think we had a question about can I eat within this certain amount of time of my practice or game? And that kind of goes along, like what are the best fueling times for you? And it's to make sure that you are fueled for that specific thing. Like, is it okay to eat lunch around one or two? Well, of course, yeah, it's okay to eat lunch around one or two, but is that the best time for what it is that you have going on that day? Like if you have a practice later in the day, fantastic. Like, yeah, that's a great time to eat. But if you're eating lunch around one or two and your practice starts at 2.30, maybe that's not the best time to actually have a meal like you said we would maybe want to do some type of like a snack or like a earlier meal with a fueling top off however you want to say that before that activity starts if it is earlier in the day yeah and i think sometimes we put pressure on ourselves like or too much pressure on ourselves to eat at these like specific times and it just it's it really is so individualized Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no there's no fueling rules. It's about finding what can what works for you to fuel your performance. Like what works best for me on Sundays is going to get a table at 4 p.m. because every single restaurant fills up by 5:30, right? Like I know that, so I'm not going to try to do that at that time because that doesn't work for me and what I need to do. So exactly, really silly example, but yeah. No, I but like that's like it's so individualized. Um, I think I also kind of do this exercise sometimes with athletes, but sometimes we don't even call 
like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, because we are eating like four to five meals as athletes sometimes. So sometimes I'll do like fueling periods. So it's like, this is our first fueling period. This is our refuel period. This is our pre-fuel period. This is our like next bigger fueling. We just name them different things because I think sometimes when we go back to that, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, like those labels, it becomes a rule again. And there's not really any rules in sports nutrition or just nutrition in general, besides like it depends. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of the important things about working with a dietitian is finding something that does work for you for you maybe like if this person is an athlete like is that a training time that you're referencing is it a game time and finding those fueling periods that works around that schedule because like you've said so many times like those things are set like that's a set time that that's taking place you can't adjust that time but what you can control is the timing of nutrients around that to best support performance exactly on that topic of you can't always control the times of things our next question is actually like how do i fuel for a 7 p.m game which again we can't control the time of a game but we can control the fueling around that i feel like you talk a lot about this and like specifically like the importance one of game day nutrition and it being something that isn't done like right before that game it's something that happens like well before maybe even the day before that specific game so kind of optimizing intake and fueling the day before to make sure that you are prepared for that event so how to fuel for a 7 p.m game doesn't necessarily mean like right before that game this person might even be talking about like before game day like there's there's important things to fuel there and like you always kind of go through with athletes that you work with as far as performance plates and making sure that those leading up to that event or that big game, whatever it is, are just as important as actual game day right before the event. I could like come over there and give you a hug right now. Like, yes. Come on over. Yes, everybody listen to exactly what she just said. <laughs> yes. I think that is like one of the biggest things I see is athletes who are like, oh, like now what should I eat on game day? It's like, well, you know, this actually like starts the day before. Also, like how are you practicing your feeling on practice days? Because if we're not practicing our feeling on practice days, we're not going to be able to optimize it on game days. So the week leading up to a game is just as important if you want to be your best, if you want to perform your best. Um, I do think some like general guidelines for feeling on game days would be Trying to eat a pregame meal about three to four hours before using the game day performance plates. You talked a little bit about performance plates, but then making sure that we're choosing low fiber fruits and veggies. That's like something that's cooked, right? We're not having a big salad before our game. And then before that, you know, trying to again have meals every three to four hours. If you have a 7 p.m. game, you want to have at least two or three meals before going into that game and if you're only doing two then i'm assuming you'd you'd suggest maybe some type of a fueling top off right before that game maybe like i think you your recommendation time wise is maybe like 45 minutes ish for that can you kind of go over that what that looks like if you were to do two meals like what you would suggest maybe right before right before quote unquote i would actually recommend a fueling top off for three games too um, okay. I think anybody who is eating a pregame meal three to four hours before, we have a, like a wonderful opportunity to continue to top off our glycogen, our energy stores going into a game. If people are listening and they want to do two meals, it's because you woke up late <laughs> because you did, right? So we're this eating. this is a Saturday. <laughs> exactly. Um, slept in. Yep. So you're doing like two meals and a small snack, like a smoothie or something like that. Um, you want to, you know have a really good feeling foundation before you go into your game. 
you don't just want pregame meal to be your only source of fuel. I think that the fueling afterwards is important because we need to refuel on the other side, the end of the game. I made this mistake so bad when I was a college athlete. I was like, oh, my game is done. I'm gonna go eat ramen and drink beer. Sorry, mom. But it's just so important to refuel afterwards because your job is not done. Your job is not done after a game is done, especially if you want to be at the highest level. So you need to have a game day plate. You need to have the carbs, those proteins, that color, right? Now we have more opportunity to have higher fiber things because we're not too worried about digestion but you have to have refuel afterwards or you're setting yourself up for poor recovery and then you're not setting yourself up for success and future trainings and games this is a practice right like we practice or athletes practice day in day out for their sport like fueling is a practice too that you should implement as part of your routine to prepare for games matches tournaments whatever you have I also think that you can think about your post-game meal, your post-practice meal as your first preparation for your next training. So this is like almost your first pre-game meal or pre-practice meal for your next um, type of activity. Okay, so our fueling takeaways from today is that added sugar and natural sugar and all the different sugar confusion out there is it really depends on if it's something that you should be including in your practice or not. Um, Protein powder is a supplement and maybe not so much recommended for a population under the age of 18. We want to really focus on having that good fueling foundation. Timing of foods, whether that be for a lunchtime meal at 1 or 2 p.m., there's no such thing as a best fueling time. Timing for fueling for a 7 p.m. game, again, there's maybe not so much a best or worst time, but it's finding what works for you to support your athletic performance. Thank you so much for listening to the Eat More Carbs podcast. Riley and I will be here every Tuesday to talk through some fun fueling topics. Um, If you do have questions for us or you want something answered specifically on our podcast, please drop it in the comments below or find us on Instagram at the Eat More Carbs podcast. And we will talk to you next Tuesday. Happy fueling.